0: we are live to the very first episode of the consulting podcast super super excited to have Claudia Ramos with me uh consultant extraordinaire tremendous story uh, uh she's been with uh, me on the project here at Accenture for over a year now almost a year over a year now yeah. so we'll get into some of that but Claudia very very excited to have you on the very first episode I wanted to start off with you uh Harya.
1: I'm doing well. How about you, Mohamed?
0: I'm great. I'm great. I'm super excited to kick this off. Um, uh, weekends are always fun. And this new project, you know, I'm super excited about it.
1: Yeah, I'm honestly excited, too. So I'm happy to be here.
0: Okay, great. Okay. So, Claudia, I know you a lot, right? But mm-hmm. for those listening in and who don't know Claudia Ramos, can you just do a brief intro?
1: Yeah. Um, so as Mohammed mentioned, my name is Claudia Ramos. Um, I am from Puerto Rico. I am from a tiny, tiny town in the west side of Puerto Rico called MyOS. Um, So I, my background is in marketing, but right off the bat, I knew I wanted to do consulting. After, well, I had to explore a little bit, um, but I realized I wanted to do consulting. So after my bachelor's in marketing, I joined Accenture in last February of 2018. So I've been at Accenture for about two years now. And as Mohammed mentioned, for like more than a year, (laughs) I've been with him on projects, so it's been a lot of cloud um, CRM implementations at this point, but in general, just a lot of learning within the tech space and a lot of learning of what it means to be a consultant.
0: Great, great. So tell me, let's let's go back to that, right? So you are from, um, you know, use your words, tiny town in Puerto Rico. (laughs) <laughs> um, undergrad marketing. So let, let's, let's talk through that process. So how do you go from marketing in Puerto Rico to consulting at Accenture in now, uh, I believe you're in DC now, right?
1: Yeah, I'm in DC now. Um, so this is something I wanted to talk through today as well, but pretty much I'm going to start like at my high school. I feel like that's the best place to like tell the story. Okay. So at, when I was in high school, we had teachers from like different places in the US. So we had teachers from like California, Minnesota, like different spots that for some reason, they wanted to be in Puerto Rico. And like my town was close to a served town with a lot of like snowbirds that came to Puerto Rico just to live down there. Um, so I got the privilege to meet like one of my teachers was like a huge recruiter at Shell for a ton of years. And she was the first one the, that introduced like the notion of don't have to be a doctor you don't have to be an engineer and you don't have to be a lawyer because like in the culture in puerto rico is very much you need to be a doctor engineer lawyer and maybe architect to be successful (laughs) oh yeah
2: yeah
1: it's like truly there wasn't a lot of notion of like you can get a career in business so from there i had like this little idea but like didn't know how to execute any of it it was (laughs) just like i think i want to do business so i went into college starting out in like biology thinking I wanted to be a doctor um and from there I moved into marketing and when in marketing I met Carlos and Carlos told me about his background he had interned at Accenture strategy Mm. and that's when I heard about consulting in general and like truly understood like oh you can get to consulting from like University of Puerto Rico and Puerto Rico in general and that sort of paved the path of like I started networking with people that were in consulting to understand what they did on a day-to-day, to understand what it meant, like what consulting truly was. And thanks to a lot of good friends like that are still at Accenture, I yeah. got to Accenture and got the experience.
0: That's great, oh, that's great. Yeah. So, so talk, uh, uh, before you proceed further, so mm-hmm. the culture piece, right? That's very interesting to me because as you know, like I'm from, uh, my background's Pakistani, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's the same there. Either you're a doctor, engineer, <laughs> right? Maybe an attorney now, right? <laughs> Architect, not so much, right? Not, not, uh, not so focused there, but if you're a doctor and engineer, you've probably on the, in, in their terms, you're the cream of the crop, right? From a career perspective. Mm-hmm. So was there a lot of uh, uh, cultural challenges, you know, a lot of convincing done to sort of <laughs> penetrate into at least your goal was consulting, right? Or business, right? And, and through marketing. Uh, at least when you're in Puerto Rico? Mm
1: -hmm. So I think 100%. Like Even to this day, my mom doesn't really understand what I do. (laughs) Oh, tell me about (laughs) it. Right, Tell me about it. (laughs) My dad still thinks I don't work. (laughs) She's like, what is your title now? And I'm like, consultant. And she's like, ah, what does that mean? What's the difference? (laughs) So it's like, she's always been very supportive. But to her, it's like, My sister's a doctor. She's a doctor. So it's like, she knew Ah. my sister's path. And for me, I was just like, no, I'm doing business. And she's like, what does that mean? Like, what is your path? How do you get there? Yeah. yeah. So even to this day, it's like, um, I tell her about what I do and she's super interested and excited, but I don't think even with my explanation, she understands. fully. I,
0: I can totally uh, empathize. Right. And, <laughs> and the, it's funny because I started the consulting guy because on a yearly basis or almost on a monthly basis, right. I would, even if it's fam- family gatherings or talking to my parents, I always get the question, like, what do you do?
1: Right. <laughs> I know you're
0: doing something. You're obviously like getting paid and, and you have a home you're supporting, right. It's everything. But what do you do? And it's, it's such a tough question to answer for folks who are not in that industry, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for them to understand what that means. So it's very funny that this is this is a cross-culture, right? Phenomenon <laughs> or a challenge, right? To convince our parents and convince our relatives, what is it that we do?
1: Yeah, no, and it's very apparent even for like, um, Carlo's my boyfriend. He does banking and everyone okay. thinks he's a bank teller. Like he did investment banking oh and God. everyone were like, oh, you work at a bank. And he's like, not the bank you think of. Not, not the corner
0: bank, right? Where I had you cash and you, oh my God. No, no, yeah. it's, it's, uh it's the dynamic of uh, truly just focusing on the American culture and folks mm-hmm. who sort of grew up in that, right, and them understanding what careers are versus first generations, let's say, right, or second generations, even to some extent, right, them trying to penetrate these careers um, and and explaining to their parents what it is that we do or the path that we're taking actually is something that is valuable and it's very highly regarded.
1: Yeah, no, and I'm very grateful for, like, my mom's support because even if she doesn't understand, she's always like, I'm here for you. You got this. Like, keep (laughs) going. That's good. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And you're progressing well. Right. So we'll get into that in a bit. Right. Uh, So marketing, um, did you work in marketing? Uh, I saw your LinkedIn and said social media marketing at what point. So talk, talk us through that a little bit.
1: So I did a couple of internships in marketing. So honestly, what I was interested in within marketing was market research because I was all about like understanding how like market share works and like how you grow your market share. And in general, like, How do companies succeed based on how much they understand their market Mm. so that's sort of translated into consulting in a sense because you need to understand your client um so it was one of those things of i did a couple of market research um internships in smaller like spots in puerto rico and i did a couple of social media internships because i feel like everyone knows that marketing is social media and there's always opportunities there um but pretty much from one of my internships, I spent some time with like a little startup in Puerto Rico. And that's when I learned a lot more about market research and like establishing loyalty with the customer and understanding them. Yeah. Um, and after that, I did one of my bigger intern- internships before Accenture that was with um, a consumer products, good company. Mm-hmm. So I did sales for them, Okay all intertwined a little bit, but it was interesting to see because it was a career track within that company of like, this is how you get to C-suite because mm. to them, they knew like consumer product goods, sales is like number one. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. And were very... these
0: were these internships or was it after undergrad that you did internships? Oh, internships. Okay. Yes. So, interest- so you definitely went and, and very focused during your undergrad to land these internships in the business and marketing space very deliberately?
1: Yeah. So it was a little bit aggressive as well, because okay. I spent my first two years focused on like water polo and swimming. Yes. So my last... and, the, and, the,
0: and the Olympic trials. So we'll get into that in a second.
1: <laughs> so it was like my last couple of years, I was like, I need internships. I need to get like into business. Yeah. I really want to yeah. understand it. So that's like, it was an aggressive couple of years there where I was like doing internships during the semester, during yeah. the summer, during the semester, like all back to that. And then Accenture, that was like right after undergrad, I came into Accenture.
0: Okay. Okay. So you, you mentioned it, I was going to wait a little bit, but for those who don't know you, and, and obviously I've worked with you for a year, so I'm going to bring it up, but so you are an athlete right? Yeah. Undergrad and still to some extent, right? Uh, whether you get time or not, that's another conversation, <laughs> but, uh, swimming, right? Uh, I know I always joke that you were qualifying for the Olympic trials, right? <laughs> so talk us through that. You're an athlete, a, uh, a super, super qualified athlete at that, right? Not something you do for fun, but something you're doing competitively in college. Uh, and were you uh, on scholarship, uh, for swimming? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So that's also interesting. Um, So I always swam because Puerto Rico had water polo, but it was on the like, like closer to the North than like where the capital is, San Juan. So I would like swim on a daily basis. And on weekends, I would drive two hours to like go play water polo, stay over and then go back home like every single weekend. So I was a water polo player, but technically a swimmer. Yeah. So how things played out is um, recruiting is very difficult from Puerto Rico because no one can see you in person. Like it's not Mm -hmm. very common and you need Mm -hmm. to like set it up if you have like competition in the U S for them to actually see you. So it's difficult in general. Um, So I ended up staying in Puerto Rico and I had it's division two varsity swim. So I did varsity swim for a while, but before going into college and even throughout college, I was in the Puerto Rico national team. So it wasn't olympics everyone thinks olympics but it's like worlds um central american games so i played a lot with like it's
0: close enough it's if you put national in front of it See, at least for me right so i i am a terrible terrible swimmer right i I never picked up the skill set my parents never forced me to learn uh i could probably survive if i get thrown into a pool for roughly 30 seconds and then i'm gassed out i need to find the nearest corner So when you tell me that you're, you're competing at a national event to me, that's Olympic level. Right. (laughs) And it's uh that's, that's where I come from.
1: Yeah, no, honestly, like the hours, I don't, I don't think differ too much. Like I would put in close to 20 hours a week or a little bit more. like, yeah, it was like, even I started very early on, like nine years old, I was doing Mm. this. So I remember at one point someone was like asking us, like, don't you miss like your normal life? And we were like, this is all we've known. Like This we don't is, know this is all I know. This is
0: normal. What do you mean normal? Yeah. <laughs> it
1: was like, yeah, practice. That's my day-to-day. What do you mean
0: mm. normal? <laughs> mm. So how, how was it senior year where you pivoted from, okay, like swimming is great, right? But now I need to pivot to um, a, a business career, right? Talk us through that mindset a little bit.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so I wish it had been senior year because it okay. would have helped me, but it was a little later on. Cause like, it's, it's mm. tough, right? When you are an athlete thinking like you're retired, quote unquote, is like the roughest word to say. You're like, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm a retired athlete. So like I stuck to it for like first year of college and then second year. And in college you come to realize like this truly isn't a career. Like I can't, Water pool for the rest of my life. I can't mm. swim for the rest of my life. So it's like, no, I need to pivot. Like I've always wanted to do business. I always wanted to be like in a corporate environment. So that's when I like really honed in on that and like everything. Like honestly, my first couple of like positions and like internships were because of swimming and water pool because I had like a network. <laughs> ah,
2: okay, okay. So I
1: was like, can I help you out? Like, how's your like? How are you doing with your social media? And like all of that sort of snowballed into like actual very nice. internships.
0: Very, very good. So you use the position and your experience and the people that you met and leverage that to get to your first, let's say internship or your first step towards the career that you wanted. Yeah. Which and is very was... similar to what you have to do in consulting, right? So I, I'm, I'm drawing parallels of Claudia growing up, right? <laughs> and setting the stage up for the beast of a consultant that you are, right? And try trying to make the connection. <laughs>
1: Honestly, like, I really like to think of this whenever I'm like, having a hard week. I'm like, think back, like, this is how it all started. Because like, I remember being super adamant about like, whatever extracurriculars I'm doing, I want to mm-hmm. do outside of business. Because like, yeah, I see these people every day, I need to understand what's going on in like the engineering school, what's going on in like, our, our agriculture school, like, yeah. school yeah. like, whatever it was within the university, I like wanted to branch out. Yeah, and yeah that's yeah. How i saw it in consulting i was like i get to see all these industries but from mm. the business lens
0: very nice very nice so um, your boyfriend was the one who had the internship mm-hmm. at accenture Yep. did you also follow that track and you came through as an intern or did you apply directly from undergrad or university and and get in that way
1: so i had to go directly into like um full-time like i applied directly into full-time okay because I would, I already had locked down my sales internship with the consumer products, good company. So I was late for that round and I was like, okay, so I'll apply for full-time. So that's how it went. But like even a year in advance, I was like still making those connections of like, these are the recruiters that go to Puerto Rico. So I want to keep in touch with them. Yeah. And they became very very close friends like even when i got my promotion this week i like called one of them up i was like thank you so much like oh wow the first person i wanted to tell and he's like you better tell me
2: nice so, like, Yeah.
1: <laughs> i think it's, it's nice. also networking
0: <laughs> that that's great that's great and it, it's 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 a key skill to have as you probably know now right mm-hmm. two years into accenture uh it's everything from the projects that you get to how f- you know, we'll talk about this at some point too, how fast you progress, right? All of it is dependent at some level to your network, right? Yeah. And if you're part of the family or you're not, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and this is true for any, I would say corporate job, right? It's not just consulting because um, I like talking about this a lot, as you know, is you have to break it down into the, the innate sort of uh, thought process humans have, right? We, we, through evolution, we grew up in like packs, right? So the sense of community is, is sort of ingrained in us, right? And that is what we call networking in corporate terms now, right? You have a network that's your pack that's going to hunt and gather and, and grow each other together. Um, and, and if you're not part of that pack, right, you're, you're, it's going to be very difficult for you to either progress at the speed that you want or get the engagements or the, you know, the meal of the day <laughs> that the other pack hunted. It, it's, it's very true. You could easily mm-hmm. draw that parallel.
1: No, that's interesting because I see it now, right? Like, yeah. even when onboarding or like getting into Accenture, they were always like networking, networking, networking. And yeah. I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, in, in this environment, like, what do you mean? And then throughout two years, like, it became super apparent. Like, truly, it, it's a key piece of consulting. Yeah. And I understand it now. Like, with that analogy, I feel like it makes more and more sense.
0: Yeah. Honestly. No, it took me, uh, I've, I've been now eight and a half years. It took me that long to yeah, draw the parallel. So, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so I, it, this is interesting. You're, you're two years in. Um, I, I always ask this, um, anyone I meet, and we talked about how difficult it is to define our career, right? So two years into Accenture, now you're a consultant. And for those who are not from Accenture, we're two levels below consultant. So you come in as an analyst, um, then you get promoted into senior analyst, and then you land at consultant. Right. So so Claudia uh, did that in, in probably one of the fastest I've seen at Accenture in eight and a half years, in two years. So uh, we'll talk about your progression in a second. But before that, um, define consulting. Now that you've been there two years, what, what is consulting, Claudia?
1: So I hopefully I don't use too much jargon here. <laughs> Any, anything you are, right? This, this is on you. Yes. no. <laughs>
0: So and I'm doing this, so
1: I understand, right?
0: I'll correctly put it together, but go for it.
1: <laughs> I think consulting is understanding how you can partner with your client to deliver like true value, whatever that might be. Is it a new tool? Is it a new sort of way of doing business? Is it a new way of structuring themselves? Like I mm-hmm. think truly it it might sound like it's all jargon, but when you're here, when you're doing consulting, you understand like, if your client is your partner, and if you're truly helping them succeed, that's what it's all about. Like that's yeah. truly the end game.
0: So Very that's nice how support. I would
1: put it. <laughs> so,
0: so client value, delivering client value in ways the client may not know themselves. If I had to summarize.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And like even identifying ways to deliver that value because they might not see the gaps that you're seeing. So okay. It's your job to let them know, like, I think I could help in X, Y, and C because we have that, like we, we were familiar with it as consultants.
0: Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. So now taking a step back, uh, year one for Claudia at Accenture as an analyst, talk mm-hmm. us through that.
1: Year one, year one
0: was I, and I, I, I'm deliberately, uh talking about year one and then I'll go into year two because your year two is some people's year four or five right <laughs> so <laughs> let, let, let's I want to see where that exponential growth and and what opportunity and what you did uh for for the viewers listening in that they could follow to get mm-hmm. the same uh, similar trajectory
1: yeah so year one um very first day in, it was like my very first time like moving to the states so that was all very okay. exciting and in general like I was all for it. Like, I was very excited to be a part of Accenture. Mm-hmm. Um, very first project, I was with a large chemical company. So I it was not the industry I wanted to be at. Like, I've always wanted to be a part of financial services and work with a client within finance. Mm-hmm. But I saw it as an opportunity, right? Because your very first project, at least at Accenture, how it tends to work is that you're sort of assigned to it in a way. Yep, like, yep so I was assigned there but I saw it as a growth opportunity anyway to me it was like it's not truly my goal industry but there's so much learning to do regardless like Mm -hmm. I really spent the time just trying to plug myself into wherever I saw people needed help so I was like oh you're going to a meeting let me take notes let me help you out like how can I help you prepare right like my role was a sort of data analyst, um, more or less, but it wasn't like hardcore data. It was more so just understanding what we were doing with the program and then communicating it back in status reports, working with the client to understand where we could like speed things up or like where we were going pretty far ahead and everything was going well because it was a site migration program. So it was something that the client always wanted to understand how are we doing with our sites? What's going on? Okay. Um, so I think that first year truly was about a lot of learning a lot of learning Mm. of what is consulting, a lot of learning of if you don't know something, don't be afraid to ask because Mm -hmm. I tell this to like every single new joiner or buddy I get, it's like, we're here with you, like we're a team. And I remember like my very first two to three weeks, I spent like all my day with one of the other analysts that had been at Accenture for like almost a year. Mm -hmm. He taught me so much, it's insane so that's where i first started to notice like your network truly guides you at accenture and right he, it wasn't only him we ended up being sort of a group of analysts helping each other out understanding the realm of what it meant to have this role have this job so it was all about like oh you don't know this shortcut let me help you out i'll teach it to you oh you don't very know nice. let me help you out let me teach it to you and we're still very close at, yeah, yeah, to yeah. this day
0: Who, who so, is this? Let's, let's give them a shout out <laughs>
1: Max Elrod, I have to 100% give him a shout out. He taught me so Max, much about like- Max,
0: yes. <laughs> if you're hearing this, would love to have you on. And, yes. and and I want to hear your side of the story. <laughs> yeah,
1: And I have like a couple more people, but like from the Anna's pool, it was like yeah. Janelle Jackson, Jared, I'm not going to say his last name, <laughs> David Millington and higher up was like Amy Capitan. Like I had yeah. a ton of people that truly from the get-go were there for me. They were there to like, Help me grow and succeed. Excellent. Yeah, so I think this is interesting, right? Like how I pivoted into finance though was, I was at my current role and I noticed in like one of those group chats with like all the analysts, someone was like, hey, I'm looking for a PM in a large like financial services client. And like, I wrote up so quick. I was like, I'm interested in what's going on. Like, what is this role? And that's where I landed at my current client and where I met you.
0: Was this, it, was this uh, Lisa, Lisa Diaz?
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> Lisa well, yes. She posted I love it. Lisa. <laughs> yes. She's amazing. She is. I, like, she is. Stalked her for like a week. I was like, is the role still open? Do you still need a backfill?
0: <laughs> it's very so, interesting. Um, just, just to digress a little bit there. Yes. So the, we, we're not going to say the client name um, for obvious reasons, but uh that was a, It's a massive project that we're working on there, right? There's multiple different engagements within an engagement. Uh, and Lisa was the one sort of, um, I, I hate using the word analyst for it, right? But she truly was uh, the foundation, if you will, of the different work streams, you know, whether it's CRM, whether it's the other things that are going on. Um, and, and she, I think she had spent a couple of years at that engagement uh, at that point. So mm-hmm. she was looking to do something else, which happens a lot in consulting, right? Or if the project needs change or skill set change, whatever it is, right? You have to sort of go away from that project and find something else. So um, we had to find a backfill because that's still a role that was necessary. And, and the, the criteria that we had discussed right before opening up a role was, you know, the threshold or the level we, had, we need to find is either a Lisa, which is a very tall order to start with. <laughs> right? Or better. Right. So it's not, it's not find someone off the, uh, you know, the analyst pool and have them get staffed. It is some, uh, you, you know, you do need someone who can uh, operate at a much higher level because, you know, as you know, it is a very uh, exciting, but tough client, mm-hmm. right? It, it, there's a lot of uh, change that that client is going through and you need someone who can control the environment in a very, very pleasant way, if if I will, right? And the pleasant <laughs> piece is is critical there, right? And that's where I I, I faltered a little bit, right? <laughs> so we'll go there. <laughs> but but Claudia, you know, we we uh, you were interviewed, you came in, and and the rest is history at that point. <laughs> right? you came in, you were shadowing initially, mm-hmm. right, Lisa? And uh, uh, you weren't directly working in the same. Uh, work stream as i was right off the bat but that transition happened you know a couple months down the road yeah uh, but okay so you now you're in fs so mm-hmm. what's your goal in fs so first year you're a sponge you're consuming everything yeah. you are proactively asking everyone to have you know for you to support them yeah. right and now you have got your first lead into fs yeah
1: so my very first lead i think um Something to note was like, I was not directly in your work stream, but I would see how you guys would work. And to me, that was like, I was all for it because you and your team, like Kava and Kevin, like all of you were always like on top of everything. Like it was insane. Like it, the amount of knowledge I was getting just like by being a bystander was so much like it was pulling me and <laughs> I was like I'm oh my learning head's, my so head's getting bigger my head's <laughs> getting bigger keep it up keep no. it up <laughs> and my role don't get me wrong my role was absolutely amazing I was sitting yeah. in a very privileged spot of like yeah. working with leadership yep. so to me I would not have given that up at the time because I learned so much from everyone at that client it's insane like I had true mentors throughout my entire time there but it was a matter of like CRM had always been something I was interested in because of my marketing background yeah uh, now
0: now I see it yeah I I didn't know why but now uh, everything that you talked about from like understanding customers their needs like it's it's CRM right at the end of the day
1: (laughs) pretty much that's what I was thinking all along and when I actually got to work with you guys I saw it more and more I was like this Mm -hmm. is so interesting like I can't get bored of this because it's one of those things where it's like I can tie it back to my background, but I'm learning so, so much about so many different things and you guys have been great mentors. So it's just a matter of like, this has been an amazing year. Like year two has been yeah. just insane. A lot of oh, work. Yeah.
0: Insane is <laughs>
1: <laughs> probably yeah. on the top of that list, but yeah. very nice. No, yeah. It was like one of those things of like going back to like my very first role at FS, I was using it to learn a lot as well because that role was, I think, the the best way, the very best way I could have learned of how to manage a client because I was seeing it through leadership. Mm -hmm. And I learned so much from from my seniors. Like, it it was insane. But I wanted to be at a role where I could start, like, taking charge, taking ownership of, like, true work, like, true pieces of work and help out, like, in a bigger way of, like, and again, that was an amazing role. But I wanted to transition into something where I was like, "This is Claudia Rammels. Like she's owning X, Y, and C. Yes. She's doing this, this, and this." So that's that was my goal. And I was like, seeing you guys, seeing you make your moves. So when you sold that work, where it was like, so for everyone listening in, I'm gonna no, give, no, no, context. No, no, no. give context. I'm, I'm gonna give context.
0: <laughs> Big, head's getting bigger. Head's getting bigger. I know. <laughs>
1: It was like the work we have now was under another program and then Mohammed Kavan, and Kevin sort of took it upon themselves and like preet as well obviously um so like truly pushed We don't the give time. preet any
0: credit. Let's not talk about preet. He's <laughs> a an entity in and of himself. No. No.
1: <laughs> no. So like they they spent so much time just working with the client to understand their CRM needs that from there it sort of Snowballed as well. Yeah. I'm using that word again because it was truly, it snowballed. Like they, it turned into a larger piece of work and mm-hmm. it sort of turned into its own little monster, I would say. Like a yeah,
0: beast. yeah, and 100%.
1: 100%. <laughs> no, it's ball?
0: very interesting um, um, to, to hear it from your perspective because I, you know, uh, as sort of like a leader or manager, whatever you want to call it, of an engagement, you always keep a pulse on everyone on the engagement. So when you had joined, right, there was, uh, you know, obviously we weren't directly associated, but uh, I was seeing you presenting and being called upon and helping support a lot of the discussion that was happening with our leadership, but also the client leadership, right? So you were in that room, in that conference room, right? When we were traveling before and everything shut down now, but uh, you were always there right? And, and I've given this advice to yourself and most of the people that I talk to is to be valuable, right? And, and uh, be known or recognized, you truly have to own that domain, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, whether it's a managing director a partner, another analyst, consultant manager, it doesn't really matter, right? But if there is a question that comes from a client and Claudia Ramos or you know uh, consultant xyz is the person who they call upon now you're rubber stamped right as as valuable to that engagement as a true member of that engagement as a lead of that engagement and and your goal as an analyst should always be to position yourself in that right where you you are such an expert or you're such in the details of that domain that there truly isn't anyone right that can answer that question or without your help can't answer that question Mm -hmm. right and you really did that very very effectively in a very uh very fast time frame right and 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 that's that's your effort side right but then also i don't want to discount or ignore your personality and your sort of communication skills because i think your success is also very uh influenced by that as well and i see that every day right even now on the work that we do now right i think 50 percent of it is managing uh uh, different folks on the client side and internal right Mm -hmm. so and by management I don't mean like you're giving them tasks I mean more from a expectation management more from how you communicate certain news right how do you keep people honest on certain timelines right and and you do that very very effectively in such a pleasant way that people want to work with you I hope so. <laughs> no, I, I, I see. That's what it, I strive right? for. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but, but I don't think people should ignore, right? And and hopefully they get this picture now about you is. Don't don't let the the you know what you see on the face, right? And and what's coming out of the mouth, uh, it, ever fool you in the monster that's in you, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you're a you know Division One athlete right? You are a go-getter, right? You are a sponge of information, right? That just sucks it up, right? And turns it around in a very fast method. So there's madness behind a very calm sort of silhouette,
2: right? And that,
0: that is, I, I think that is an amazing quality that you have, right? And then and, and sort of, it's necessary in, in our industry. A
1: hundred percent, especially with like yeah. Everything happens so quickly, at least in our projects. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> at least in our program, well, our client. It's just it, like I feel like you can never let go of like that ease because it's very quick to get into the weeds to get into like the frustrations of like, this is going so quickly. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, it, it's funny, right? Because when you're looking for a career in consulting, one of the sales pitch you get is, you know, a year in consulting is five years or four years in industry, mm-hmm. right? But if you really sit down and think about that, that means that shit's happening at a very, very fast pace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What you have to do in 24 hours is, you know, times five. The, the normal person has to do. So it's, it's it's the, you know, counter argument to it. But it's very true, right? To, to change culture, to change processes, to change, uh, I hate the word transform, right? Yeah, It's very jargon and <laughs> consultant, right? But to really do that, right, you, you have to sort of, hit it hard, right? And and hit it where, um, where change is needed very fast.
1: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, a hundred percent. And it's it's one of those things of like, I really wanted to be here. I really wanted to be in this seat of like, everything's going 200 miles an hour. Yeah. Because when you're young, when you're fresh out of college, that's what you need. That's what you want. Like you want to learn as much as you can as quickly as possible and just like mm-hmm. build upon it and build upon it, build upon it that was my goal and that's what i continue to like focus on throughout my time at accenture i feel like
0: very nice very nice so uh year one right how long did it take you to go from analyst to senior analyst
1: so that one i because of the cycles and how it works i was up for like mid-years what we call mid-years and (laughs) i had to explain this recently mid-year does not mean like june july for us it means like february (laughs) because of like or fiscal year and how everything's set up. Yeah. Um. So in February, I was senior analyst. And that was a big sort of thanks to like Rajiv, Eileen, and everyone that shaped me on that very first financial services client, Yeah. just because they were mentors from the start as well. They were there there for me, like giving me the support. So senior analyst within almost a year, I would say, just because of how the cycles went down. A little bit more than a year, actually.
0: Year and a half, let's say. Yes okay
1: yep so year and a half senior analyst and then at that point i was at crm
0: <laughs> well co- continue I, I want everyone to hear this so <laughs> you, let's do the math right claudia has been at accenture for two years and we stated in the beginning claudia is a consultant right <laughs> so you go from uh analyst to senior analyst year and a half and yep. then you go from senior analyst to consultant In how fast
1: a couple of months, only like six months, <laughs> six
0: months. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, for everyone listening, you know, I, I'm very, very curious if, if you know anyone personally, right. That has beat that. Right. Six, six months uh, to a promotion. It is extremely, extremely um, aggressive and it is well-deserved by every regard. Right. I mean, you're, and I, I say this because I know you, obviously there's others that don't know you, right. That are, um, that are probably going to say that this is something that you probably got lucky or you got it to the right project, whatever the case may be, right? But um, keep it in mind, right? You made the jump from analyst to consultant in two years. I think that is the fastest you can do it, hands down. Right? I don't think any anything faster is possible. And if I double click into that, right? Another jargon, uh, six months. <laughs> I, I, I got to do a video on like jargon. Right? It's it's. Uh, I'll tell you a story after this, but. But yeah, six months, it's, it's, uh, congratulations.
1: Thank you. And I have to say, like, I really have to take the moment since I've been doing shout outs all throughout, I have to take the moment of like, again, networking came into play. Like yeah. I leaned on my network because I knew of people like a couple of folks from Mac home, like Lauren and David, they're from UPR as well. They were, they hit it at two years with a lot of hard work as well. Okay. So I went to them. I was like, how did you do it? How did you make this happen? Like, what did you see? Like, did you just go for it, work with your like career counselor? How did it work? And they yeah. guided me through it. And then additional to that, when I started getting the questions of like, oh, you're going for it? You've only been a senior analyst for two months. You've yeah. I mean, done other folks. Like people I knew that had a quick turnaround as well. Like Ryan, a friend from my very first project as well. He was like, mm-hmm. he wrote up his, his sort of like how it all happened for him. And I sent that to like people within our project. So they would understand, like, I've seen it happen other places. Like, I feel like there are case use cases for like, this is why I'm, I'm going for this right now and why I'm interested in being a consultant.
0: hundred percent, hundred percent. And just to give you some perspective. So um, it it is very possible, right. And you've now given like three, four names that folks that did go from one to two years into analyst to consultant. So don't let that deter you if you have a true story, you have a good story, you're you're adding value, you're you know yeah. um, hard work is there, right? All the, all the boxes are checked, right? It has to be the boxes are checked, right? Yeah. And a- ask yourself in front of a mirror that are you really operating at a consultant level or whatever level that's above you that you're trying to aim for? Um, are you ready? Right? And if the answer truly is yes, make your case. Right? The worst that could happen is what what the Sort of regular path is going to be anyway, right? You get a no, and nothing happens. But at least you have now uh, raised your hand and 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 informed leadership, your career counselor, that you are ready for promotion. You're operating at that capacity, and, and you are you have a desire to move up, right? Mm-hmm. And and managing your career is something we talk about always, right? You have to have to have to yeah. be your own cheerleader mm-hmm. in, in this uh, in any career, right? And especially in consulting. Um, yeah. And you did that. And I remember getting that sort of uh, detailed write up of why you deserved <laughs> it and what you've been doing. And we reviewed it at the, you know, at the leadership level, right? And I, 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 for one, I could not refute any of the points because I would seen you within a year and a half how much of a significant um, impact you made, right? And how valuable mm-hmm. you are to the project, right? If we, if we go around and say, God forbid there's budget cuts or whatever reason we have to let people go, right? And we say, you know, we get to your name, right? There's no one in our engagement that could cut out your name. (laughs) And I mean that from the very top, you know, at the Cal level down to any analyst. So, you know, kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm probably on top of that list right now, just for (laughs) reference.
1: (laughs) But (laughs) I I think truly, like you mentioned it, right? And we were talking about it yesterday of like this is another thing you hear in consulting a lot of vocalize what you want, like be very vocal of what you think you want, what you're, you think you've earned and why, like, it's not just like, I want X, Y, and C, it's like, have something to support it. And just that'll drive you as well. Like that'll help you drive your goals, but also everyone around you will take notice. And it's great advice I got from you. And it's great advice that like, even from the start, like, I feel like those are the two key points we learned, like right starting consulting of like networking and be vocal about your goals. And you come into it thinking like, what does that mean? Like, yeah. what does that mean? And the drive your career quote. And it's like, it's literally our day to day, like at the yeah. end of it, like you learn more and more. It's very true. It's very true.
0: Yeah, it is, it is, it is. And, and uh, you know, we always, we always say that it, it's, it, there's going to be, um, what people think is your career path, right? And and some of it is influenced by personal sort of uh, uh, expectations, right? Or or how you think you you know you need your team members to help your overall agenda be successful. And then there's your internal thought process, mm-hmm. right? And and you have to have to have to you know make sure that your internal career trajectory your Uh, what you think is success for you gets recognized and you're on that track, right? There's no straight track, right? You can never be like, I want to do this and I'm not going to do anything else unless it's this, that's a recipe to get fired. Right. (laughs) But you always have to make sure that the themes are aligned, right? Mm -hmm. If you wanted to go to FS, right. There's a bunch of clients within FS. Don't be specific to one, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to do a specific uh, functional area or a technical area, whatever it may be. Right. And there's no right answer for, for uh, everyone it's it's specific to everyone but make sure you're you're aligned from a theme perspective and you're stepping in that direction every single step
1: yeah 100
0: so so with that six month right um uh, like you, you we talked about how there's a lot to do right let's talk about a little bit of like work life balance right <laughs> does that exist uh does that not exist does that bother you does it not bother you because i you know I see you on a daily and others on our project right sometimes working 12:30 in the mornings you know one in the morning in some cases extreme cases <laughs> and then we're up again 730 right leading calls without without any uh, hesitance without any sort of issues right uh, talk to me about that
1: yeah so <laughs> it's funny I was like recently Christine and I were pinging at like 12 p.m and she was like are we workaholics? And I'm like, how did you not know? (laughs) (laughs) Of course we are. Like, why are you asking this? And she's like, well, yes, no, but pretty much like, it's a lot to do. And it's one of those things with like, with your drive, you understand that you can't, you can't wait until tomorrow to complete X, Y, and Z. Like it's going to delay everything because everything's going so quickly that you need to close things out as quickly as they come in. So it's true, like I spend a lot of time working and like even my sister and my mom, they bring it up, but they're also supportive of it. My sister is like, oh, you're working? Oh, FaceTime me while you work at like, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. And she'll be there for me, like cheer me on a little bit and then we'll hung, hang up after like 12, 10 to 15 minutes. Um, but in general, like it's one of those things of I really don't mind it. Like when you're, we were talking about this as well when you're in growth mode, you don't even realize <laughs> you don't care for work-life balance. You're like there <laughs> to learn, to like provide that value, close out everything that needs to be closed out, help out yeah. your team, like whatever it might be. So yeah. I, I know it's a lot to do. And I know that work-life balance, the line gets blurred. Cause depending on the day, yeah, I will absolutely. say I have work-life balance, but there are some days where it's not. Where it's, it's not, not there. there. It's
0: so true. It's so true. And, and I, I, one, one ping sticks out to me, right, that you had pinged me, uh, I think it was three or four weeks ago, but we were talking about prepping for some meeting the following day. I think it was about like seven in the afternoon. Um, and uh, I, you know, we were talking about what slides or some whatever spreadsheet we need to create. And I was like, just leave it to tomorrow. Because I, I hate the fact that we're always working so much or whatever is happening. So I just leave it to, to tomorrow. And you replied back. It's like, Muhammad, I will do it. It's like, you don't know me. And I was like, whoa, 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 <laughs> Okay. 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 So, you know, if, if you're masochistic
1: that way, let's go. Because <laughs> I was like, I was trying to make a joke out of it. But to me, I was like, you think I'm going to tell you I'm not going to do the slides? It's like, you don't yes. know me. <laughs> no, no, it was
0: great. It was great. Because that, you know, I, I say this to you a lot, because you remind me a lot of like, when I was sort of coming up, right, the, the ranks and everything, it's, um, and the analogy that I used yesterday with you that I'll, I'll, I'll sort of rephrase it um, and reshare it for the viewers today is, it's, it's where your dial is, right? Mm-hmm. So when you are, if you're fully dedicated, right? And your aspiration and your goal truly is to uh, make it, right? Let's say whether it's to the next level up to eventually down the road to a partner, right? You wanna bounce out of consulting into something else, whatever that may be, right? You, you are in what I call growth mode,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Meaning that your knob of your career or your life is on growth. So when you are on growth mode, it requires you sacrifice some other areas of your life, right? Everyone that I've seen progress uh, and, and be tremendous on, in their careers and is in growth mode is working, um, working crazy. They're hungry for it right? They, they ignore, they don't feel the pain of it and they're, they're fighting for it. So if, you, if you're in growth mode and you, uh, it's going to sound awful, right? But if you kid yourself and say, I'm going to relax, right? You're going to be eaten up by that hungry dog that's out there who wants it much more than you do, right? Mm-hmm. Who does not value sleep or you know, going out or whatever it may be that that's your pastime as much as you do. Now, your whole life should not be in growth mode, there, there comes a point where you got to change the dial a little bit, whether it's, uh, you know, raising a family mode or whatever. And I was talking about that with you yesterday, right, how, you know, after I had my kid, right, mm-hmm. my, yeah. my growth needle, right, I, I had to, you know, with my wife beating down on me, I had to tweak <laughs> that a little bit right it's no longer okay for me to work right Uh, you know throughout the night or whatever because there's a little kid and there's a a wife that also needs that you you know uh, time and attention and everything so for you you, in your case right you're doing the right thing and I uh, while I agree with work-life balance I'm a proponent for it right I do think there are days and weeks or whatever or engagements where the focus is needed Mm -hmm. no
1: yeah exactly that's exactly it because it's not like we're it's one of those things where it's like, this is a personal decision. It's not 100%. like anyone's gonna be like, you absolutely need to stay up to do X, Y, and C. Exactly. It's something more like it comes within you of like, I really want to complete this when it needs to get done. So I'm gonna stay back, I'm gonna get this done. And you'll always find a way, right? Cause like when I really, really wanna work out, I just go at 6 a.m. and then I'm back at it at 7 a.m. Oh, just you, like just working.
0: Wake up, you just wake up an hour earlier.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But like, you find a way you find it. I don't know. I God honestly think- I tell
0: you, I'm telling you, I have this health thing figured out, but we'll, we'll talk about it in a second.
1: <laughs> I, oh my God. I still can't believe you think you have it figured so out. It, it's it works,
0: Claudia. So I the way I look at it, right. And I, I, I did this in a consulting way as well. Right. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so what, what is my goal? My goal is to uh, lose weight right so i you know over covid or whatever you've gained some yeah. whatever and everyone on my project you're an athlete there's other athletes like minoj on our project Manoj, that yeah. run you know they can wake up any time of the day six seven four five a.m doesn't really matter and go run a marathon right mm-hmm. like I, like the, the the virtual new york marathon this guy was talking about it casually on a friday yeah i'm gonna run the marathon tomorrow <laughs> I haven't really trained and goes and does it and beats his time
1: Ridiculous, and then right? the hikes, the hikes are insane, too. Hikes, it killed the you mountains a
0: <laughs> That's a, that's not, that's inhumane, right? From, from my perspective. <laughs> no. So what I thought about it is, is how can I achieve my goal with as little as an effort in as fast as a time as I can, <laughs> right? And, and one of the things that I was reading and, you know, these articles come up all the time, maybe it's true, maybe it's not Is Um, like running for 30 minutes or an hour only burns like two, 300 calories. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and that to me is like, what you go eat like a granola bar and that's like, there's 200 calories. So after all (laughs) that effort, all that blood, blood, sweat, tears, you burn 200 calories. Oh, have that. Right. (laughs) So how can I shorten the timeframe and shorten the effort? And the beautiful answer is you don't eat. Oh <laughs> so don't go on a water diet for you know two three days and drop that water weight initially, but then your body goes into ketosis, right? And and uh, you'll start losing and dropping those pounds, right? And maybe you'll fluctuate back, right? But you have hit your goal, it's all that matters for that month or two. You're you're set, and then you could pack it on again and redo this whole thing. Again. But <laughs> the effort is so little. And it's so, it's so fast that it's immaterial. It, it, it doesn't matter at some point, the pain doesn't matter. Or the fact that you're going to gain it back 10 times over. doesn't really matter in the oh long run. God.
1: No, I love to eat and I love to cook. I can't do that. I'd rather work out. I yeah, think. three
0: days, three <laughs> days, three, four days. That's all it takes. So oh, like my most aggressive was I, I went on a fast, just a water fast for the longest I've done is like three and a half days. Right. And, and I, I was down six pounds and, and I'm sure like five of those six was just water weight. Mm -hmm. Right. But I felt a lot better, right. It was sort of like a detox. It was, you know, my, I felt less bloated and, and believe it or not, you feel a lot more active, right? The first three days are, are, uh, or two, two, three days are like very, very difficult. You get those headaches, the coffee headaches and everything. So I started drinking more coffee in the, in the morning, but um, it does feel good. Mm-hmm. Now, did I keep those pounds off? Absolutely not. <laughs> but that's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
1: God. That's it's so difficult,
0: fun. you know, waking up early and running. I, I can't do it. It's, it takes a different mind.
1: To be honest, it's all because, like, I have my boyfriend's support as well. Because, <laughs> like, we, during, like, to your point, during covid oh boy like the way I would like de-stress was cooking so I would cook like cook and eat I know it was like appetizers with like dessert like the whole shebang oh man and he's like he and I are very similar in every way shape or form so it's like one of those things of like one day I'll wake up and I'll wake him up and then another day he'll wake up and he'll wake me up so it's like we like yin and yang it out until we like get to work out that's awesome he works the same or more as me and I think that helps me in my work ethic as well mm. because he is from the same mindset he's very much in growth mode so it's like I have that support here on a daily basis that like I can work I can work out I can cook like it's all I'm here for everything <laughs> that, that's
0: know. awesome no good for you good for you and a supporting partner with a similar mindset similar sort of passion for success yeah. right makes the world 100%. of a difference world of a difference
1: and even like getting started like he was the one to introduce me of like what is consulting and how do you get there and like we honestly want to go back to Puerto Rico so bad even with like zoom videos or whatever it is like Mm -hmm. pay it forward because like 100% you don't hear about consulting you don't hear about all these like minority programs to get you into consulting banking x y and c so like that's a huge goal for me like paying it forward later on or like as soon as I can. (laughs)
0: No, I see it in you, and I, I think you'll do a tremendous job. I think uh, a lot of people would value um, both, both here in the states and Puerto Rico or anywhere else in the world, right? That hear yes. your story and see uh, sort of your trajectory, right? Um, just just going up where you were and completely changing that to a fully corporate, you know, boss lady, right? <laughs> That's kicking ass uh, and and taking names
1: that's the goal no honestly and you're the goal mom and we've talked about that, no, <laughs> like, no, no. Yeah, that trajectory I... <laughs> like that's the trajectory I wish I would hit like we'll see my, my head see has gone go three
0: times bigger just in this first podcast <laughs> and <laughs> honestly it's not even on
1: purpose I don't want anyone thinking I'm like trying to be like the junior here like no, no. no it's just literally the way I want things to play out if everything goes well it's like I'm going to continue to hit that fast track of like how much more can I learn how much yeah how quickly can I learn and absorb and like take advantage of this opportunity I was given. That's, that's the end game here.
0: Very, very good. Yeah. Look, you, you have to ride the momentum. You have to ride the waves, right. And you have to take advantage of your uh, engagement. If it is large enough, if the account is large enough, if the leadership visibility is there, right. You you have to have to ride it. And, and those are things that get you on that fast track, right. It changes a little bit at some point where sales matter. But mm-hmm. at least till manager and senior manager, you know, early senior manager, you're, you're, that's the trajectory up.
1: Yeah. And being fully transparent, like wherever, like, let's say something happens and like I end up in another account. I feel like that's always going to be there. Like that hunger is always going to be there. Yep. Like, yep. how can I continue this path? How can I like continue to grow? I don't know.
0: OK, so have you have you uh, as part of this? Right. This is something that I've, I've seen a lot of a type uh analysts or people sort of go through is uh when they start getting promoted or at some point when they have the experience they start thinking about business school Mm -hmm. right is that something you're thinking about is that something that's always in your periphery any thoughts there
1: yes so it is actually like it's one of those things of i'm studying up even now for the gmat just to i want to study for the gmat just to understand like is it something i want to pursue like mm-hmm. it's it's a very personal choice here as well of like what's the trade off? Like what is it, do I truly think I can have this fast track and just go for it? Or like do I want to get that stamp of approval like we talked through of like yeah, you went to a really good business school, so you have that on like in general it it shapes out a, a professional, right? It gives you that sort of okay, they went to business school, they have an MBA. Yeah. So it's I'm torn but I am studying for it and I am considering it just because okay. I need to explore every avenue that will yeah. get me to grow. Th-
0: there's no harm in keeping your options open, yeah. right? That, that's what you're doing. If you have this score, you have that sort of ticket that, that can be uh, checked at any point,
1: exactly. right?
0: All the power to you and you may never do it, right? Or you may do it, right? At least for when I was coming up, um, it was initially even when I got the job, right? At Accenture, I did it right out of undergrad. Uh, Mm -hmm. that was something that was, I was thinking about, I had the whole Manhattan G-back set, right? GMAT set. (laughs) I was reading up, I was prepping. And then I got so caught up in, in just the focus on the engagements and just running up the ladder, um, with the right experience as fast as I can, that sort of took a backseat. Right. And now at my level, like, you know, it's sort of diminishing returns for me to do that. Right. Maybe an exec MBA down the road at some point. Uh, but, but, you know, people in your shoes Right. That is a very viable option, I think. And, and you should equip yourself with as many options, especially in the economy nowadays. Yeah. Right. Like with the world, just 2020 was like, ai <laughs> don't I don't even know how to like make an analogy for 2020, but the world changed. Right. Mm-hmm. So the if you're comfortable with any of the norms that we knew before 2020, right, it's going to be a wake up call for a lot of people. Right. Everything from just the way you work. To the way you are going to now have to operate in consulting, to the way you're going to have to sell, right, when you get to that level is is much more different and more difficult, I would say, right, Mm -hmm. because it's all relationship based, our work is very, very relationship based, and that relationship is very difficult to maintain virtually. Yeah. Right. Like when you can't see and feel the person. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I mean, feel in like the literal sense. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: But like read the room, you can't read the, read room, the room. Right. Right. Like yeah. there's so many um, emotional and, and sort of nonverbal communication things that are happening in any conference room at any given time that mm-hmm. you miss out on a call. Right. That you can't see what's going on. Right. You can't feel, we, you know, as humans, we feel each other's energy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And then you don't see that. And, and that's very difficult, and a lot of, I would say, challenges uh, people face nowadays and, and the, the breakdown in communication can be a result of that, the fact that we're virtual now.
1: Yeah, no, to be honest, I think I notice it on calls, um, just because you can no longer, like, step away with, from what's being discussed and, like, have your little own, like, discussion on the side. So right. the only way that happens is like yelling over someone else and be like, hey, Mohammed, did yeah, you like yeah. figure it, out X, Y,
0: Z? It's hard, it's hard, right? And, and, or you're pinging during a conversation, right? And you're distracted <laughs> uh, and worse yet, right? I, I think this is going to get better over time where if we remain in this hybrid, which I very, very strongly believe we will, this hybrid virtual versus office uh, work environment, more and more people will sort of take on the the video chats right and and sort of like what we're doing here
2: mm-hmm.
0: right versus like i think some clients are still um not fully on board with like the you know turning on their video cameras and getting more personal right mm-hmm. uh, so in those cases i think a facetime call every now and then a whatsapp call right with the video every now and then does help but it's still not the same thing
1: yeah i don't know i I think we get used to it. Cause like, honestly, with my family being far away from me, like yeah. video chat works, honestly, like, I feel like I'm with them in the room, yeah. <laughs> it can be the way, I don't know. I think we'll get used to it somehow. If It's truly the case that we're not going back fully.
0: Okay. We'll very yeah. Very good. Very good. So one final thing, Claudia, when we talked about this, so your, what are your aspirations outside of Accenture or outside of work? Like what what you and uh, carlos uh, yeah. are thinking about what are, where you're headed um talk you know
1: yeah so uh so something we've really been trying to pick up is like um real estate investing so we've spent some time like reading up and learning about it it's just difficult with like balancing it out with everything else because at the end of the day the priority is my role like my job yes so it's one of those things of like, when we get the time, we'll invest it in it. Um, But it's really like, I want to learn how to carve out time for it, like be very adamant about spending time in this, because at the end of the day, what I want to be able to grow and what we want to be able to grow is something that is sustainable throughout like a long period of time. It's Mm -hmm. something that's truly, you can sort of have that comfort of knowing that if anything happens, you have something that's equity literally equity yeah, <laughs> standing yeah. There to support you um so it's something we're interested in and I think outside of that what I mentioned earlier it's something we really want to shape out of some sort of like video conferencing or whatever it might be to pay it forward to like spend mm. time with people in high school and college and whatever it may be and and we can start in Puerto Rico but I think it goes broader than that like I think even with what we realized today of like we were going through the same like culture shock even with oh being, yeah like miles and miles apart like that's something that we're really interested in, in starting up of like some some place where we can share our knowledge of this is how you get into a corporate environment if that's your goal yeah and this is what we had to do to get here and we're happy to help like how can we help so i think those are two main things um so it's not a lot of rest during the weekends.
0: <laughs> I Listen, <laughs> it is to find the time to do all of that on top of everything that's going on. We talked about work-life balance and the lack thereof, right? It's very difficult, right? But I but I don't think it's impossible, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of examples of folks that are killing it, right, in the work stream, uh, uh, in the workforce, sorry, right? But then are also killing it in their own personal endeavors, whether it's, uh, uh sort of non-profit causes or if it's even for-profit partnerships or businesses that they have right mm-hmm. and and it goes back to the fact that you are more than just your immediate career right yep. the, the whole person that is you it, it's made up of everything right that is your career your personal life your your personal businesses right and you have to progress all of that together in growth mode
1: mm-hmm.
0: right it's not, you can't can't be uh, specific there's only a certain time frame in your life where you can focus and build it up.
1: Mm-hmm. 100%. And it's like, it will always help, I feel like, even in the work environment and the corporate environment, because it gives you confidence, even to like continue to like strive for like that next role, that next yeah. sort of step, because like you have something else going on in the background that gives you that level of comfort of like, let me. Strive for more and more. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think it's, it's that hunger, right? That that hunger has to remain, mm-hmm. right? Just like uh, I'll give you a food analogy because that's all I think about. Ugh.
1: Now it's... that you're drinking water, <laughs> that, <laughs> I, this,
0: this is this is after like uh, two cups of coffee, and I did go for a run this morning because I, oh, I wanted okay. my. Yeah, yeah it's a weekend. I was like, let me get my mind to be a little bit fresh. Are you
1: eating today, though? I, I am.
0: I am. So the weekends, I, I, I eat. Um, usually, the wife and I go back, or we go to the city. Uh, it's still socially distinct, but thing uh, but we try that. But uh, that hunger has to remain. That hunger cannot go away. And as long as you, you recognize the hunger, right? You're going to progress. Right. That's the beauty of this country. That's the beauty of hard work. Is that it does mm-hmm. at some point at some level maybe not immediately right it does come into fruition and that is satisfying right Mm -hmm. and that's the that's the meal that you're going to eat that's going to make you a little bit comfortable until you look at the next thing forward yeah right so (laughs) that's how it goes
1: so something I wanted to ask you about if we're like Closing out that topic, yeah. I saw in your channel like you travel a lot, so I wanted to understand like how did that go? Like how did you find time to travel throughout like all this like fast track sort of. Experience? So I, uh,
0: it's a good question. So I, my my PTO my pay time off mm-hmm. uh, strategy at least before COVID, right? We haven't really traveled since COVID, uh, at least internationally, has been um, a certain way. So what I what I historically have done is I usually do not take any days off for most of the year, Mm -hmm. right? So outside of sick days, right? Because you don't want to work when you're sick. um, I would not take any time off. So I'm not going away for a week or two. I'm not doing whatever, right? And I aggregate all of my time off for a a downside or during at the end of the project or uh, if I'm in between projects. And typically I would take three to four weeks collectively Right yeah. and do like a backpacking trip in a continent, right, or <laughs> or whatever. So that 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 has worked out, right? Where I've taken a month off, um, you know, at the end of an engagement, or you know, when I my work is really not there, right, and just traveled with the wife, and and sort of just knocked a bunch of countries, a bunch of cities, and a bunch of experiences off the list, and then you come back sort of towards the end of that trip, just not wanting to travel for a whole year. you <laughs> so like, I gotta get out of me. i uh, you know, the, other, the negative to that is like, while you get the countries, you, you end up spending a lot more. I right, know. because it's, or it feels like it because it all hits you at one time, right? So you're at the end of it, you're like, I'm done. I don't wanna do it again.
1: <laughs> I know, but that's like being an adult though. Cause like I, when I was in college I would do backpacking as well. It's yeah. like at that point, you're like, it's staying in hostels. You're like doing it on the, uh, cheap. No, yeah. So it's, like, it's crazy. Like now I, I see it a hundred percent. Cause like, I don't think I would stay at a hostel unless I like needed to. So it's like one of those things of when you grow up, you're like, yes, I need to spend in this vacation, but it's amazing. You get to do that. Cause like, that's a goal of mine. If I ever get the time of like, I want to continue to travel.
0: You have to, you have to, you have to find the time to do certain things. Like I said, growth mode doesn't mean that you give up on everything in life,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Growth means that you're just growing in all aspects of life, right? And one of them is to make yourself aware of the world, right? I think traveling is, I know a lot of people say it, it's a cliche, right? But it is true to some extent. It opens you up. It yeah. opens you up to other people's beliefs. It opens you up to other people's sort of ideologies, cultures, right? And you become a better, well-rounded person overall right? And in our industry where, I mean, look around you, right? In our project, there's people from like four different continents, just in our engagement. I know. Right? It's and the it's, that's the beauty of <laughs> it. Love it. Yeah. There, there's there's all sorts of countries, all sorts of peoples with their backgrounds, and it's beautiful, mm-hmm. right? And I think traveling just, you know, exponentially sort of makes you acclimated to everyone. Uh, so yeah. it's, it's needed and it's good. And I think uh, sometimes it's worth splurging, right? I'm a I, I think you have to balance it, right? But you have to sort of understand like, where is it that you want to splurge? I'm not the person who would go and buy something like, you know I don't know, maybe a very expensive, whatever, right? Maybe spend it on experiences or if you have a certain taste or a certain desire in certain things, whether it's shoes, clothes, watches, travel, where is it, right? Make a budget and do it. Yeah. It's gonna keep you sane, it will keep you sane
1: that was like, honestly, my mom and my sister, like we grew up like that. It was one of those things of like, we would spend the money on travel. It was like,
2: like <laughs> we, were,
1: we were doing well, everything was good. But like, we didn't want anything else outside of like, let's go to a new country. Let's do something together. And that was the mood. Good, so good, good. Bad. No, that, That's
0: that's very good to hear. And it seems like the values that your your family have brought you up with, right, they're translating into a very, very and, and forming you into a very, very uh, sociable and likable and very intelligent human being. So so kudos <laughs> to your mom, Claudia's mom, if you're listening, thank you. Thank <laughs> you to you. I'm
1: going to send you. it to her. So she's <laughs> going to listen to
0: it 100%. <laughs> well, Claudia, it was great talking to you. And I'm very, very happy that you were the number one, right? Yeah. First spot in uh, the <laughs> consulting podcast. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of yours. Um, and and uh, thank you for taking the time out on the weekend on a sunny weekend that is. I don't know if it's sunny in D.C. It's, it's here in uh, it is, it is. around New York, <laughs> but uh, thank you so much. And uh, hope to talk to you again at some point in the future.
1: Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me and a ton good luck, I'm gonna share this link with a ton of people like everyone oh, yeah. on this channel, <laughs> honestly. I want you to interview like all of my friends, honestly. No, but <laughs> truly like best of luck in this. I think it's very, it's gonna be great, like honestly. Thank you. You're doing something that's new, that's exciting, and just in general, like as we were talking through it, humanizes people. So,
0: yes, absolutely. Absolutely. With that, have a great day.